0: why do demons attack you that's what we're what we're talking about today on the faith of the fathers podcast welcome back to the podcast I'm your host Carl Gessler here to reignite the faith of the fathers. We're going to be talking about some really incredible stuff today. And I want to ask you, first thing, just to like and subscribe so that more people will find this teaching because this is life-changing information today, and the world needs to hear it. Why do demons attack you? That's what we're talking about. There's some obvious things when we talk about demons attacking us that we could talk about, like uh, objects moving around in your home without anybody moving them the um, awareness of an evil presence, reoccurring nightmares, maybe dreams about snakes pursuing you or weird uh, demonic creatures that are threatening you. Um, Many people have these experiences. You may be asking why. We can get into some specifics about that, and we are going to pray some deliverance prayers at the end so you can be set free from whatever demonic presence is pursuing you and attacking your life. But we're also going to address the uh, philosophical question, the wider cre- question of why are demons doing this at all? And for those of you who are saying, well, I don't have any kind of weird experience like that, you still have demonic attacks. You know that there are times where you just feel oppressed. You feel overwhelmed. You feel like the world is against you. You may feel like you're going, uh, everything you do um is cursed like you never can quite reach the goals that you're trying to reach that there is something opposing you something uh, against you you may have experienced this even in doing something simple like trying to go to church that it just seems like discouragement you wake up discouraged you wake up with this heaviness you wake up with this sense of I don't want to go anywhere I just want to sit here in bed and you don't go to church and later you realize I do I actually did want to go to church but when i woke up there was something oppressing me telling me not to go and so we have we all have these experiences we have um you know we all have moments where we feel like overwhelmed uh where we where we feel worried we feel out of control we feel like um the world is is against us um some people uh have been abused even from uh, you may have been abused even as a child, you may have been verbally, emotionally, physically, or sexually abused. I pray with a lot of people, and everyone has had some form of abuse. And being abused um, is a deep offense, which causes bitterness, um, and many times it causes anger against God, because why would a loving God allow this kind of thing? So when we address this question of so why do demons attack us, we're going to be addressing the specific problems, and and I'm going to be giving you keys for freedom today. You're going to be set free today, but we're also going to address the wider question of uh, why is there evil in the world? Uh, because this podcast is about re-establishing Christian foundations for a Christian nation, because um, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you have righteousness you will have peace, and if you have peace, you will have joy. And if you have those things, you have everything. God made a good world, and we talked about this last week. God made a, a, a world for us. He said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. He called everything that he had made good. We live on a good, blessed planet. This is something God created and made. He intended. It's a gift for us. But unless we're walking with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit— We end up in bondage to the things of the world rather than enjoying them as God made them to be. Right now, the craziness that you're seeing in the world is because uh, people have moved away from God and moved away from our Christian foundation that we have had here in the United States of America, which has produced a nation where people are clamoring to get in to receive its blessings. But in a short time, if we don't change, people are going to be trying to get out because we are— uh, falling into corruption, and so my heart, my passion is to rescue my nation from this from this doom and uh it begins with individuals being set free because God didn't make you for suffering, God didn't make you for torture, God made you for righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, which again, you may be asking, well, then why are demons attacking me if that's the case? Well, let's get into Genesis three because we need the foundation of the Word of God. There used to be a day in this country where everyone, believers and non-believers, still had a deep knowledge of the Word of God because it was foundational to the Puritans and many people who settled this country, Uh, and because of the great revivals that we've had in this country, that the knowledge of the Bible was across the board— Everyone knew the Scriptures, even if they didn't follow it. And so revivals actually happened because people appealed to the Scriptures, and it uh, struck a chord with those who heard it. But now we have to start even a level back because many people don't have the knowledge of the Scriptures. So what we're going to listen to right now is Genesis 3. It's only a couple minutes long, so don't turn this off. Don't tune out because you need to know the Word of God. Uh, it's for your blessing it's for your foundation it's gonna bring up questions um and you're gonna you're gonna want answers to those questions, but you can't you can't get answers to those questions till you actually ask the questions. You need to begin with the foundation of the Word of God. this is um this Genesis three that I'm going to play for you is from my Rumble channel, The Word of the Lord, which I created solely for the purpose of listening to the Word of God uh in an engaging way as I add music and try to read in an engaging fashion. Um, And the Bible says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. It also says, let the word of God dwell richly within you. When you do that, that is your first step to healing and freedom. So we're going to take that first step right now and listen to the word of God. Listen to Genesis chapter 3. And this reading is based on the New American Standard Bible. Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God really said that you can't eat from every tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we are allowed to eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You can't eat from this, or even touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said, Where are you? And he answered, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree, and I ate. The Lord God said to the woman, What is this thing you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and dust you will eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain you will bring forth children. Yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Then he said to Adam, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you, and toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you are taken, for you are dust, and to dust you will return. Now the man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all the living. to the tree of life. This is the word of the Lord. So, Genesis 3 is the story of uh, the fall of man, about when mankind gave in to the snake, te- uh, gave into temptation, rebelled against God, and evil entered the world. Now, this is only the third chapter of the Bible, so you might be saying, Well, then why did God create a world that got corrupted so quickly? Did God not have the foresight to know that, like, man would mess up? Why did He put a tree? in the garden where that could cause people to have the knowledge of good and evil? Why didn't he just make it perfect and leave it at that? That is a great question. And the answer to it is pretty simple, too, that God did not want robots. He wanted image bearers. God wanted people who had the freedom, the capacity to choose him rather than to just obey orders or to obey programming. God is not a programming God, witchcraft programs, witchcraft, uh, which we're all right now here in the United States of America and around the Western world, particularly, the people doing this would love to control the whole world, but it's particularly focused on the Western world where most of the power and the money lie. Um we are under a spell of witchcraft right now because of the globalist agenda. The you know, the whole uh everything that happened with the pandemic and all the rest was using fear to try to intimidate, manipulate you into submission. It's trying to control you. Uh, artificial intelligence is all about trying to, to gather uh, information from the world to put everybody into a system that can be controlled by the people that are in power. Uh, that is witchcraft. Witchcraft is manipulation and intipi- int- or intimidation for the sake of domination. The devil, when he gets a foothold in your life, he doesn't give you a choice. Once he has a foothold in your life, he forces you to do things that you don't really want to do. The Apostle Paul talks about this in Romans 6, where he talks about the man who says, the good that I want to do, I don't do, and the the evil I don't want to do, I do. That's what happens in your life when the devil has a foothold. The Apostle Paul warns against giving the devil a foothold. Um, And so when the devil has a foothold in your life, he can push you into addictions. He can push you to eat too much, to drink too much, to smoke things that you shouldn't smoke, to do things, to lose your temper, to look at porn. All these kinds of things happen when the devil has a foothold in your life because he has no interest in in respecting you as a person. He has every interest in usurping you as a person, taking over your body. That is his desire because he is a spirit without a body and all his demons are spirits without body, but they have cravings that they can only fulfill through your flesh. So they lust after your flesh. They desire your flesh and they entice you just like Satan did in Genesis 3 and the snake did. He entices human beings to um, he persuades them to come into agreement with him. And in this case, in Genesis 3, he caused Adam and Eve to come into agreement with him that God was withholding something. They, that Adam and Eve believed that lie, that God was withholding something good from them. So they distrusted God. They trusted the snake. And all of a sudden, now the snake has authority in their lives because they're believing the snake. They have granted the snake authority. Uh, so that's what he wants us to do, and when we do it, he comes in and he takes over um, and he usurps our will so it's his, it's his desire. You were not created to be infested by demons. you are not created to be oppressed by demons. you are made made for sovereignty. you are made to uh, freely choose to represent God. You are made as an image bearer. Uh, you are made to reflect God. But God is not like Satan, where Satan, get, once he gets a foothold, he will force you to do things that you don't really want to do. and the But he does it by first enticing you to believe a lie. God, on the other hand, wants you to bear his image. That's what he created you to be. But he will give you the freedom to reject that if you so choose. To say, I don't want to bear your image, God. I want to do my own thing. He has given you that freedom because God is a God of love, and he wants you to be like him and have the capacity to love. So the knowledge of good and evil is necessary for you to love, to have that knowledge of good and evil. And to have the knowledge of good and evil, you must have the opportunity to do evil. You must be exposed to evil. And there's this some something about this uh, that is, you know, it's not just about you. You might say, well, I don't remember ever having a choice of being good. Like when you were born, did you ever really have the choice of uh, never sinning? You didn't. Like you were, you were born a sinner. You inherited sin from your parents. You were born into a sinful state. There was never a chance in your life you were going to uh, live a perfect life. That you were never going to make any mistakes. That you were you were never going to lie, never cheat, never steal, never uh, scream, lose your temper. None of a none of those things. Never be enticed as you got older into sexual temptation. It was always uh, you. You were doomed to failure from the start as far as perfection is concerned. You were a sinner from the beginning. We make a mistake when we read Genesis of trying to read it as a chronological account of. Um, natural history. That's not what Genesis is trying to do. Genesis is laying out a framework for understanding the world that you and I live in. It was particularly explaining the world, giving a framework to the Israelite people, the people of God, uh, for whom the Bible was originally written, the Israelite people, saying, this is the world that you live in. And for... The point of being Israel was that they could be a light to the world, to say to the rest of humanity, this is the one true God, this is the true story that we're living in, Uh, believe this story, come into this story, be redeemed by the God of this story. That's what the Bible is, and that's why you and I, even though this is a really old book, and it was written in a different culture, in a different context, um, in a different language, it's still relevant to us because the Israelite people are the vehicle, the human vehicle that God ordained to be the light to the world, to the rest of the human race, to say this is who God is, and this is who his people are called to be. So Genesis 3, even though it wasn't written to you, it was written for you for the sake of saying, hey, this is the world you live in. You live in a world with good and evil, and you are corrupted by evil already, um, and that you didn't really have a choice in that you were born into a world where human beings are corrupted by evil from the beginning yet their intent intention by god always from the beginning was good that god created something good when he made you it says in revelation i believe it's revelation 4 it says it's because of his will that we exist and were created, that you aren't here on accident, you aren't here because your parents wanted to have a baby. There are many people watching this right now who you believe in your heart of hearts that you weren't supposed to be here, that you are unwanted, that you are a mistake. And that's a lie. Uh, That's a lie that the devil is telling you. That's a lie that's come down through your generations. It's come down through your parents, maybe your grandparents, maybe your great-grandparents. But this lie that you are not wanted, maybe it's there because um, Your parents contemplate an, uh, an abortion. Maybe they didn't want to get pregnant in the first place. Maybe they resented the fact that they had responsibility once they had a child. There are many parents who, um, you know, they kind of like the idea of having a child, but they actually like themselves and their careers a lot more than having a kid. So once they have a kid, they pass that kid off to child care and whatever, and then they continue to pursue their career, and that child feels unwanted because in a very real way— The child wasn't wanted. And so we have these things that we believe that we aren't supposed to be here, that we aren't supposed to exist, that we aren't wanted. Those things are lies that the devil tells. The Bible says from the beginning that God created man and woman, and he said, behold, it is very good. And Revelation confirms and says that it's because of his will that we exist and were created, that you exist because God wants you here. That is that's it. You are good. You are you're the idea of you. Your existence is good. Now, are you morally good? Are you morally perfect? No. You are not. Like that's that's true of you, it's true of me, it's true of every human being across the board and the Bible testifies to that. And Genesis 3 is kind of an explanation of that. It's I don't think this is really meant to pin the blame necessarily on two human beings in a garden far far away. It's just to say that all human beings are faced with the temptation to rebel against God, and we have all given into it. Uh, and so now we have this mess. We have a cursed ground, we have thorns and thistles, we have pain and childbirth and in other things, stubbing our toe and uh, breaking our arm, and we have pain. These are these are the facts of life. These this is the world we live in. So I believe that the scripture teaches that it's um, that God wants, wanted us to have the knowledge. Of good and evil. That doesn't mean he wanted us to participate in evil, but that was the only—giving uh, us the—creating um, us in, with the capacity for evil was the only way that we could truly know what evil is, because God wants us to freely choose the good. Now, if you have been walking in evil, um, you might be saying, yeah, but Carl, I, I want to choose the good. And like that scripture you said before in Romans 6, I'm like you know, what you described, the good I want to do, I don't do, the the evil I don't want to do, I do. Um, and, and the Apostle Paul in that passage also says, who will save me from the body of this death? And then he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, because Jesus has rescued us uh, and will rescue you if you have not yet been rescued from sin and death. And And there are many people who need to make a confession of Jesus as Lord for the first time in their life. But there are also many Christians who have made that confession, yet yet they're in bondage in other areas of their life. And today you need to be set free from those specific areas um, yet again. So why do demons attack us? Uh, it's because you are made in the image of God. You are made um, with this highly noble uh, calling to reflect God himself in creation god doesn't didn 't need to create a world where human beings um, are governing it, where you know when he says, "Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. He says, "All right, I created the world now you guys go manage it. I want you to manage it, I want you to make it flourish, I want you to make it bloom right now we 're wrestling with this, and we always have been wrestling with this in politics because um, most people in politics are people who want power. They want to conform the world to a way that makes it feel like it's blooming for them, no matter what kind of pain or suffering it causes for other people. That is the perverted image of God. That's not God's image, actually. That's reflecting the image of the snake uh, because it's the selfish, um, greedy evil uh, attitude that that uh, doesn 't produce righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, but what God has called us to is to be the people through whom order go comes so that the whole world will flourish and bloom and that's that 's what we're called to uh, so we are made to be god 's hands and feet to accomplish that purpose in the world to bring order to uh draw out beauty and to gather the praises of creation and praise the one who made us and gave us all this goodness. Um, and for those of you who maybe your life hasn't been good enough to really be able to appreciate these things, even in the greatest suffering, um, many of us still know that there is uh, there is goodness in the world. Just the fact that grass is green, uh, that snow is beautiful, that food tastes good, um, that there are things that cause pleasure, that there's a, that you actually have. Uh, the capacity for pleasure. You know, many people deny God on the basis of evil being in the world. They call it the problem of evil, but the inverse is true. What about the problem of good? If you say that God is all evil, then why are there things in life that you enjoy? There's also the problem of good. So uh, we do live in a good world, and God made us to flourish in this world. God made us to be uh, responsible for causing it to flourish. You know, I'm gardening a lot more these days and it's such a joy to be able to plant seeds in the ground uh and then to harvest fruit in the in the fall uh knowing that I was part of it even though it's like God's miracle all I did was put a seed in the ground and I was talking with my wife about this last night just about how um how I always have doubt we both have doubt when we put seeds in the ground like thinking it's not going to come up, it's not going to come up, but then we're amazed and it comes up, and it's it's a miracle every time. But uh, um, we should we should trust God, you know, that those seeds are going to come up, but it, there, there's something in us that doubts it, and then when it happens, it's just like it's an amazing miracle. Um, but I have a flower garden that my uh, wife and I and our daughter, just uh, our youngest daughter, we planted together, and uh, we're going to have a beautiful garden because we made we took the initiative. We it didn't just happen on its own. We brought the dirt in, we made the flower box, we put the seeds in. God caused the growth. It's God's miracle, but it doesn't happen without human agency. And this is part of being the image bearers of God that we uh that the world blooms because of our active participation in it. That's the way that God designed it. Um but uh because we're image bearers um, and because we have the knowledge uh the we have the capacity for evil, there's also an evil uh presence in the world that we call Satan or the Satan because Satan is not necessarily a proper name, although there does seem to be a particular presence of a creature, a being called Satan, but it means the accuser um and according to the scriptures, it seems that he had a proper role at uh in God's courtroom uh to be to accuse those who will do evil but he is um he, usurps, he he's ex, uh exceeded that role because he also will accuse you even when you're not guilty and he will, and it's his his desire is not just to accuse but to condemn because he actually accuses God himself so he has far exceeded his role in the courtroom of heaven Um, As the one who will bring to uh, light injustices, uh, you know, like a proper prosecuting attorney would prosecute evil. Uh, Well, Satan entices people to evil, and then he accuses them of doing the evil with the hope of destroying them. And ultimately, Satan also accuses God, which is why he comes against his image bearers. Satan hates your guts. He hates my guts because I was made to represent God, and he hates God. And his desire is to um, to poke God in the eyes and to usurp God by by usurping us. That's his desire, and he will f- never succeed. He has already failed, but he will do his uh, hardest to try and to do all that he can. He's a very spiteful creature um, who hates you and who hates God. So this is why he attacks you, because you are an image bearer, and what could be more insulting to God? uh, What better way to attack God than to attack his image bearers and force them to reflect the image of Satan rather than the image of God? That is why Satan attacks you, because he wants to steal your role in the world he wants to steal your authority he wants to steal your sovereignty he wants to take over your body and accomplish his uh, fulfill his unclean desires with it and to the extent that you are living an unclean life foul uh foul language is coming out of your mouth dirty language you're watching dirty movies you are living Um, You're cheating. You're stealing. um, You are hating. You are fulfilling the lusts of Satan when you're doing those things. That is evidence that part of your life is given over to the devil, and you need to be rescued from that. I want to read uh, this passage from Ephesians 3. The Apostle Paul uh, says this. He says, to me, the very least of all saints, and he says that he's the very least. This is Ephesians 3. And I'm going to read verse 8 through 11 from the New American Standard Bible. But the Apostle Paul says that he is the very least of all the saints because at one time he killed the people of God. He killed Christians, those who followed Christ. He says, To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God, who created all things, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. So that's actually only up to verse 10. So that that's a mouthful. Those are a lot of big words, and it's kind of a run-on sentence. But let me sum this up. He's just saying that God has revealed the mystery of existence, the mystery of the human race that Through the church, God is revealing his incredible wisdom to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. See, God took a great risk when he created you. God took an enormous risk, a risk nothing, no being in all creation, in all of the cosmos, in the spiritual realm and in the earthly realm, would ever, ever take. That God created human beings with the incredible potential to accomplish things, he infused us with his power. He infused us with his authority. He breathed his very breath in us and gave us the capacity to defy him. No other being in the entire cosmos would dare take such a risk to create something and give it the potential. To defy him. When we create a computer, we create it to do all sorts of things, to create art, to create music, um, even to have artificial intelligence. But one of the things that no one desires when they create a computer is for a computer to have a will of its own that can go exactly against the one who created it. That is the exact opposite. We create computers to be our slaves. We create computers to do. What we want them to do. And let me tell you this when governments want to create chips to put inside of you, when they want to corral you into this system that is controlled by central computers that uh, can take down your social score, that can close your bank account with uh, a a flip of a switch or a press of a button, it's because they desire to control you. That's what's happening in our world right now is that. uh, People, very, people who are in seats of power, who believe that they're more powerful than they actually are, who think that they're wiser and smarter than they actually are because they're deceived by the devil, they are trying to create a world that functions like a computer, and the reason they want to do that is because they want you to be their slaves. And who is behind this but Satan himself, who desires to control the human race and make it his slave. But the Apostle Paul says that the wisdom of God is revealed through the church because it's through those who come into Christ that this whole thing is upset. We were just reading, and we will get to this as well here on the podcast, about the Tower of Babel, which is the same thing as the World Economic Forum. It, it was a people uniting, it's human human race uniting, trying to have an autonomous life without God in that picture God came down in that story and disrupted their temple building, and God has already disrupted the plans of the enemy, that it doesn't matter what what plans evil um, evil constructs. Evil has already used its silver bullet on Jesus when it crucified Jesus on the cross, and Jesus didn't—it wasn't because Jesus was weak. Jesus could have resisted. Jesus could have— and not allowed himself to be crucified, but he did it on purpose because he was he, he went to the cross willingly because he wanted evil to use up its silver bullet on him. So when evil killed say, uh, killed Jesus on the cross, when Jesus gave up his life, uh, then he used up his, his, his silver bullet. And when Jesus rose from the dead, it was over. Um, and there's no greater weapon. There's no greater weapon that evil has. Death has been defeated. And so what I'm offering you today is to be, to be delivered from the power of demonic attacks is to come into Jesus. That is step one, that in Jesus you are bulletproof. In Jesus, all the power of sickness, death, and the devil is defeated. So if you want to be free from the—if uh, you want to have, I should say, if you want to have victory— From demonic attacks, you're still going to be attacked because the devil, as long as you're breathing, the devil wants to usurp your excuse me usurp your body. Uh, And part of what it means to be an image bearer is to learning to say no to him. God isn't hasn't created a world where there's no exposure to evil because God is not a slave driver. God did not create robots. God created people with free will. God created people who would willingly choose. To follow him. So you will have attacks because that's how you can learn to truly love. If you have temptation and can say no, that is an act of love. That is a free will choice to say, God, I choose to reflect your image. And that's not God with his uh controlling you with strings or making you a slave through a computer. That is God having the the audacity, having the bravery to make you in a way where you can defy him, but believing having enough hope, having enough confidence in himself, in his own goodness, that when you see him for who he really is and all of his beauty, you will choose him because you can see his goodness. God had enough confidence in who he is, enough confidence in his own beauty, that when you look at him, you will say, that's what I want. The problem that many people have today is that they don't see God clearly. That's the reason that you don't trust him. That's the reason, you know, that you're angry with him because you believe that because you were abused, um, you've kind of pinned that on God. Because you were abandoned, you think that God abandoned you. Because you were rejected, you think that God rejected you. And Jesus came for the sake of breaking that lie. that And that's why he went willingly to the cross. Jesus went willingly to the cross. Satan didn't overpower him. The story that you'll read when you read the Gospels, if you haven't yet, is that Jesus in the garden, when they came to arrest him, his followers took out their swords and they were going to defend him. And Jesus commanded them very vehemently, put your sword away. He said, the, the cup that my father gave me to drink, shall I not drink it? Jesus willingly was arrested, crucified, hung naked. He was abused for your sake. There are many people who have been sexually abused and you Feel like God doesn't care, or God? Where was God and all that? I'm telling you right now that God was naked on a tree, being molested by the whole world. What it, What do you think it is to be hung naked in front of the whole world? That is, um, that is sexual exploitation. That is, that is humiliation. Um, and Jesus was hung naked on the cross uh, for you. He willingly took this path so that all the the curses, all the evil that is in your life can be pulled off of you and put on to him. To say He was saying that this is my true image. In the Gospel of John, as Jesus is crucified, condemned, even though he's innocent, and he has mockingly a crown of thorns put on his head, Pilate says, Behold the man. And John, as he writes this Gospel, wants you to read into that what it says in Genesis, when God creates man, that this is God saying through John's gospel, this is what it looks like to be a true image bearer. This is the kind of God that I am, that I am the one who gives up my life for you. I, lay, I am the good shepherd who lays down my life for the sheep. God is not the one seeking to enslave you. Not see, He's not the one seeking to control you. He is the one willing to suffer all the evils of the world himself to set you free in hopes that you will volunteer to worship him, that you will volunteer to say, that is the image that I want to bear. That is the image that I want to bear. And if that's you today, maybe you have been lying, you've been stealing, you've been cheating, you've been looking at porn, you've been messing around, uh, you've been messing around with men and women sexually. You you don't know what the heck you are. You're wandering around trying to figure it out, but you're full of shame and guilt And you don't realize, maybe now you're realizing for the first time that you have been reflecting evil. You have been reflecting the devil. See, you cannot reflect yourself. You in yourself are nothing. You're an empty shell. Uh, You were an image bearer. So if a mirror is turned in on itself, it reflects nothingness. You are a mirror. You must reflect something. And if you don't reflect the God that you are made to reflect, you will reflect the demons that are trying to usurp your body. So you don't have a choice uh, to invent yourself. You didn't create yourself. You don't get to invent yourself. Um, it's all you've already been invented. You were meant meant to be. You were invented to be a mirror. And so uh, to find out who you are, who you're supposed to be, you look at Jesus. Turn your mirror toward Jesus. You will reflect Him. Um, and you know that's the choice that you have to either reflect the devil. Which, if you are in bondage to sin uh, right now, then you are reflecting the devil. Even if you're a Christian, if you are addicted to porn, there's an area of your life that the mirror is turned toward the devil. And today, Jesus wants you to turn it towards Him, and He's going to set you free. Um, and so you have to choose which image do I want to reflect. Um, And if you're having difficulty reflecting God's image, it's because you need to see him clearer, which is why we've read the Bible today, which is why we've looked at the Word of God today, because that's where you are going to see the image of God most clearly. Um, uh, And so that's why we need to lay that foundation again so people can begin to see who God really is. So the reason that demons are attacking you is because you are holy, because you are special, because you are... On purpose because you are made to look like God. You are made to reflect God. You are made to share in the work of God, and Satan wants to steal that from you. And God has allowed this opposition in your life so that you could have the free will to say, you know what? I know what evil is, and I reject it, and I choose God. So if that's you right now, if you're ready to reject evil and choose God, then pray with me right now. I'm going to pray over you, and I may ask you to pray some things and just to repeat it and repeat it out loud uh, because this is a declaration. Satan is an officer in the courtroom of heaven. Uh, The Bible says that he's been thrown down because Jesus took all of our, our accusations on himself on the cross, but there's still a functioning courtroom of heaven, and Satan still appears there until the day when everything is brought to its climax and he is fu- he's already defeated but he hasn't been fully put out of business uh yet and i again i'm saying that's because god wants you to have the capacity to choose him uh to choose good rather than to be a program that can't do any different uh so the opposition consider the devil's opposition a compliment uh because it means that you have value that satan wants and it means that God uh, has given you enough respect for you to make your own choice about who you will reflect. Consider those things privileges. Consider them compliments. Consider them blessings. So, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to pray on your behalf, and I want you to pray with me. In the name of Jesus, I repent of all the lies that I believed about God. I repent of believing that God doesn't love me. I repent of believing that God has abandoned me. I repent, I repent of believing that God has rejected me. I repent of all the things I've do, I've done to try to fill the void in my soul of not feeling loved, not feeling accepted, not feeling hope, that I've turned to pornography, that I've turned to addictions, uh, that I've turned to all sorts of self-medications, food and drugs, alcohol, uh, relationships to medicate, the emptiness in my in myself because I've tried to reflect myself and it's just empty. So Lord, forgive me of that right now. I repent of these things. And Jesus, right now, I give my life to you. I choose to reflect you. I want to reflect you. So come into my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Say this with me out loud. Holy Spirit, come into my life right now. Fill me from the top of my head to the soles of my f- feet I want you in every part of my being. I want to reflect your image. I want to love like you love. I want to live like you lived. Let's reestablish me in your authority. Re-establish me in your commission to bear your image. I say yes to you. I receive your calling in my life. Make me new now in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you have prayed that with me, leave a note in the comments because um, I want to connect with you. You need to be baptized. You need to be Uh, to make it official. I am buried with Christ. I am no longer going to try to reflect myself, and I'm certainly not going to reflect the devil. I want to reflect Jesus. So let me bury that old self, bury that old person that was trying to do things his own way or her own way. I want to be raised with Christ. I want to be in Christ." And what easier way is there to reflect somebody's image than to actually be in them? So you need to be be in Christ so you can be what God intended for you to be. And for those of you who are Christians, but you're still struggling with addictions, you're still struggling with uh, masturbation, you're struggling with pornography, you're struggling with um, broken relationships, I'm just going to pray for you now. And whatever it is that you are struggling with, just say right now, I renounce pornography. I renounce uh, my drug addiction. I renounce uh, the lying, the stealing, the cheating. Um, I renounce the adulterous relationships I've been in. I renounce sex before marriage. Uh, I renounce losing my temper. Um, I renounce the anger that I have. Uh, And whoever you are angry at right now, you need to say, Lord, um, I confess that I've been angry at so-and-so, and I've been angry at them for this reason and that reason, maybe they abused you, maybe they uh, abandoned you, list what it is, list right now whatever it is that they have done, whatever sin that they've committed against you, say what it is, and then say, Lord, I forgive and I bless so and so. I forgive and I bless my mom, I forgive and I bless my dad, I forgive and I bless my wife or my ex-wife or my husband or ex-husband, my ex-boyfriend, I forgive them now. Uh, whatever it is that God's putting in your heart, what, you may have turned to witchcraft. You may have gotten into uh, burning sage in your home, trying to cleanse your house from evil influences. Uh, you may have gotten into fortune telling. You may have visited a medium. Uh, you may have uh, done energy healing, trying to find healing in your body or healing in your soul. All of these things are—they um, are—they uh, are listening to the snake. They're going to the snake. For help, rather than God, and so just say right now whatever it is. I repent of tarot cards. I repent of Ouija boards. I repent, I repent of fortune telling. I repent of going to the occult in any form or fashion. So, if that's you, it, whatever it is, renounce it right now. So, Lord, I'm, I'm just going to pray for your children who are watching and those who are listening. I come against every unclean spirit, every usurping spirit. I come against you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. You have no right and no portion in this person. Uh, These people listening today are made in God's image they are made for God's purposes they are holy they are sanctified they are bought and paid for with the blood of Jesus and you have no right and no authority in their lives anymore so i come against you right now in the mighty name of Jesus and i command every spirit from the occult to come out right now in the mighty name of Jesus every witchcraft spirit every voodoo spirit up and out right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Leave this person, leave their body, leave their chest, leave their throat, leave their nose, leave their mind. Come out of their body right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Leave their fingertips. Every hand that was once using a crystal ball, I command every satanic spirit attached to that hand to come off of it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I command the spirit of pornography up and out right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Take all of your unclean thoughts, all of your unclean images, all of your unclean appetites out right now. Do not return. You have no right and no portion here in this God-created, blood-bought child of God up and out right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I command the spirit of masturbation to come all the way up and all the way out right now in the mighty name of jesus you are a liar and a thief you provide false intimacy false comfort get out right now in the name of jesus you are a liar all spirits of masturbation leave right now. Leave the hands, leave the mind, leave the memory, leave the bedroom. You have no right and no portion here. This is the temple of the living God, and they were bought and paid for with the blood of Jesus, and you have no right and no portion here. I command every spirit attached to lying, stealing, and cheating out right now in the mighty name of Jesus. You do not have a right and you do not have a portion here. I command every spirit causing nightmares. Icubus and succubus to come out right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every terrorizing dream, Out right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Get out. No longer are you allowed to haunt this house. No longer are you allowed to haunt this person's sleep. No longer are you allowed to haunt their bedroom. Out right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every poltergeist experience, I command you to leave the home of every person listening right now. If you can hear the sound of my voice, you know that your time is up and you must leave. So poltergeist, leave right now in the mighty name of Jesus every witchcraft spirit out. And I break the generational curse of divorce over every person that's listening to this. You were, you are, have been divorced. Your parents were divorced. Your grandparents were divorced. Multiple marriages, multiple times. It ends now. I end. I cancel with the authority of Jesus. I cancel the assignment of broken relationships and broken marriages. I cancel the assignment of divorce. I cancel the assignment— the generational curse of divorce and broken relationships. I cancel the generational curse of fornication and adultery. Out now in the mighty name of Jesus. You will not haunt these relationships anymore. You will not haunt these relationships anymore. I commend the spirit of Ishtar to leave every person who hears the sound of my voice right now, every person watching, every person listening, spirit of Ishtar, you, we know you're there, and I command you to leave right now. Take all of your homosexual, perverted thoughts with you out right now in the name of Jesus. Leave every part of the body, leave every part of the mind, leave every part of the soul. You have no right and no portion here. I declare freedom for every person listening right now. You will not go back to your old ways. You are a new creation, bought and paid for with the blood of Jesus. And he whom the Son sets free... Is free indeed. You are free indeed. If you have been set free today, share this with somebody. Share this with somebody who needs freedom. If you've been set free today, leave a comment. I'd love to speak with you, to pray with you, because uh, for many people you got freedom today, but you also need to go deeper. There, are, you need to go deeper. Everyone watching this, it doesn't matter what freedom you got today. I mean, it matters. Praise God. But you, but there's more. There's more, and you need to learn to build the foundations. Uh, build the walls against the enemy so he can't come back in, so he can't return easily, which again, reading the Word of God is very important for that. I encourage you to check out the Word of the Lord, the Rumble channel, uh, so that you can listen to the Word of God as you drive around, as you mow the lawn, as you do the dishes, but also make sure that you set apart um, good. At least start with 15 minutes, then make it 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Spend time in the Word of God, build up your inner man, learn to see God for who he really is, so you can resist the lies of the enemy and walk in freedom, because God made you to be his image bearer. Demons know it, they hate you for it, and they're not going to stop attacking you until they get what they want, or until they see that you will not budge. You have, uh, the, the scripture's talk about is putting on the full armor of God, and you need the full armor of God, the breastplate, the helmet of salvation, the, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the belt of truth. You need all those things, and you need the sword of the Spirit. The Bible says, in Genesis 9, it says that the beasts of the field, the fear of the of you will be on the beasts of the field. That's uh, an allegory. That's an image of demons being afraid of you because you carry the authority of of Christ Jesus. You carry the authority of the image bearer of God. God has commissioned you, twice commissioned you with his own authority when he breathed on you and said, become a living being, be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth. And when Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit and he breathed on his disciples, he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, you go and make disciples. So God has commissioned you to bear his authority. That is the sword of the Spirit. Demons tremble When you know what your authority is and you know how to use it, when you know how to use that sword, you will set yourself free as you will work self-deliverance, as you learn to recognize lies and learn to embrace the truth. God is going to help you set yourself free in his name, but he's going to use you to set others free in his name. When you become like that, you are not just defensive. You're not just in a defensive position against the enemy. You are in an offensive position against the enemy, and he will be scared to death of you. He'll still attack you. He'll be sneaky. He'll try to get in whichever way he can because he hates those who are activated. But he's attacking everybody, so don't be afraid of that. Learn to sharpen your sword. Learn to put on the full armor of God every day so that you can take a stand against evil in its day, which is right now. I hope this has blessed you. If it is, let me know. Share it. And I look forward to being with you again. We're going to continue to lay the foundations of the gospel, lay the foundations of the kingdom of God, because we want righteousness and peace and joy. to flood the earth as the waters cover the sea. Jesus is Lord. All right, God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.